Up and welcome to episode 65 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me as always is Woody V. What's happening, mate? How much, Mo? Bro, good to be here, like always. Yeah. Got a very special show uh, lined up today. Just before we get into it, though, just a reminder where to find us. Um, please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on YouTube, or we're also available on all podcast channels. Um, all right, so today we're really thrilled to have another very special guest joining us. Uh, he graduated Menlo College in 2016 and went on to work at Menlo as a sports information coordinator before moving on to become the Assistant Athletics Director for Communications at St Mary's in the powerful NCAA West Coast Conference. He is someone I had the great pleasure of meeting when the Gales toured Australia last year, and it is a huge throwback hoops welcome to Brian Brownfield. What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Appreciate it, mate. And we know it's very late over there. We try to sort of wind up the time differences. What is it about now? We're recording on the 28th of February here. So it's like uh, the 27th, 10 o'clock at night around that, is it? Or Yeah, that is right. For me, that's perfect. I don't go to bed for a couple more hours. So you got plenty <laughs> of time with me. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're looking forward to, to chat about um, some stuff today. So, um, Brian, look, anyone that comes on the show, we like them to sort of, you know, wear something and talk a little bit of a story about that. So I can see you're rocking a nice T-shirt there. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've got on today? Yeah, so we got the classic Australian Heritage Night t-shirt for St. Mary's Basketball. This is our 2023 edition of it. Um, I mean, you guys obviously know the story very well. St. Mary's Hoops, strong Australian pipeline. We're at like 23 Aussies to come through the program now. And so every single year, because we have multiple on the roster, um, we'll have an Australian Heritage Night at St. Mary's. We just had ours, uh, what it was, back in January. Um, it was a great night. Gales won the game. And uh, I figured, you know, why not? Why not represent a little bit of Aussie love for St. Mary's on this show tonight? Very good. And they doing the whole meat pie and Vegemite thing and everything else like that, Brian, on those nights? Or? No, you know, what? they might do it back in the locker room, but it's not something <laughs> that really gets its way out to the staff or, or to the fans. But now that you say meat pies, man, I'm, I'm thinking going back to our trip, man, those were some good meat pies I had back there in Australia. Nice. Yeah, I could go a meat pie right now, actually. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, Woods, I can see you're not wearing a nice bright shirt there. I should say we're sort of um, representing players that have been at St. Mary's today. So there's a bit of a theme to our jerseys we're showing today. But yeah, why don't you sure. talk to us a little bit about the one you're wearing today? Yeah. So Woody's standing up wearing the very cool looking Cleveland Cavaliers number 18. Of course, none other than Matthew Delavadova. Like That's a good looking jersey. Yeah, matching hat as well. Yeah, hat, good. hat as well, right? Yeah. Okay. So just a little bit about Delhi. He was born and raised in Maryborough, Victoria, um, and you know went on to play his uh, junior basketball for the Maryborough Blazers and the Bendigo Braves, and then he went to the Australian Institute of Sport for a few years before going to St Mary's between 2009 and 13. He then got uh, undrafted and and entered the NBA because Coach Mike Brown saw something in him with the Cleveland Cavaliers where he played from 2013 to 16 and went on to win a championship in, in, in 2016. And then he had a second stint 2018 to 21 at the Cavs. In between, he was at Milwaukee, and now he's re- reunited with uh, with Mike Brown in Sacramento after having one year down here in, in the NBL. Uh, some of his uh, accolades, uh, obviously NBA champion, two-time AP Honorable Mention All-American in 2012 and 13, WCC Player of the Year in 2012, Three-time first team All WCC 2011 to 13, and is number four 
uh, as Brian can attest to, is retired by the St. Mary Gale, St. Mary Gales, St. Mary's Gales. And like, you know, he just embodies everything that is Australian. You know, he's got that uh, mentality, dive on the dive on the floor for loose balls. And just, you know, yeah. he comes with that um, uh, Aussie nature. So he's made us very proud over the years. And uh, obviously, um, he's represented St. Mary's with pride and distinction. Correct, Brian? Yeah, 100%. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, I remember watching Delhi back, you know, in the in the NBA Finals in 16, that was kind of his, his coming out party, right? That 15-16 year. And I remember watching the finals because it was against Golden State out here in, in California, so local to all of us. And I remember seeing this this kind of funny looking number. I think it was wearing number eight at the time. And he, yeah, he, was, he doesn't yeah. he fits in with LeBron and Kyrie. And he's out there busting his ass off. And he looks like he's one of the best players in the world at that time. He had a great finals run. And I was thinking, man, this guy's really something. He's he's cool to watch. He's fun to watch. He's fun to root for. Now being here at St. Mary's, obviously, we know how special he is. He certainly doesn't back down from anyone. Interestingly, Woody, I think he actually wore three different numbers in his time with the Cavs, didn't he? I think he was number nine his rookie season. And then he wore number eight. And then when he came back that one you're wearing there, he's wearing the, the 18. So... Yeah, he's obviously changed his jersey. I think Luel Deng came and took his number, I think it was, or when it's he had a shot on way back. the Cavs. Uh, but nice. yeah, I mean, what a great career he's had. And, and you know, I often say this guy looks like he should work at KPMG, and he's 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 built such a great career for himself. Um, it's not all about talent; it's about hard work and dedication, and and getting the opportunity at the right time. And as I said earlier, Coach Mike Brown saw something in him, and even now on that Sacramento roster, he plays mm. that locker room presence who helps the the younger guys. So. Um, there's always a, a place for a guy like Delhi on, on a roster, right? Oh, well said, Woods. Um, well, look, also to continue that theme of representing guys that, you know, used to go to St. Mary's. So the one hanging over my shoulder, a bit of a random one there. So it's a Clint Steindl Red Perth Wildcats jersey. I'm not sure if that's a name you, you, you're too familiar with there, Brian. But um, a little bit about the sniper, as he's known. So he played four seasons with the Gales from 08 to 2012. Um, he was known as a three-point specialist and a defensive stopper. Um, started 70 games during his four seasons. Um, career averages averages of 6.2, but he certainly made a big impact out there. Um, he actually um, ruined with none other than Delhi and Mitchell Young in his senior season. So always someone that I've enjoyed in his NBL career, of course, when he, he played for my favourite team, the Wildcats there. Um, before I get on to the one I'm wearing, do you remember or know much about that Clint Steinle there, Brian? Well, yeah, I know he was recently in the news on uh, what Good Morning America. Yeah, he um, was what he did with Taz with that uh, young Tasmania fan after after the game. So, uh, do I do I don't know him quite as well, obviously, as some of the others. But it was really cool that that you bring him up because he was just recently in the news. He was exactly. And a funny story when um, I mentioned, obviously, the team was out here last year. I actually got to meet Randy Bennett, the coach, and was chatting to him about Clint Steinle. I could see his eyes light up when I sort of mentioned Steinle. So I could tell he was probably one of his favourites that he had over the, over the years. And like Brian said, I think we're up to 23 um, Aussie players playing at St Mary's now, which is pretty amazing. So, look, I'm going to show the jersey of certainly the most well-known one now. So I'll just stand up and rock this one. First time I've worn this jersey, so I'll talk a little bit about this guy. Now, Robbie is wearing the Hardwood Classic Paddy Mills jersey, my favorite Australian of all time. Um, classic jersey as well there, Robbie, for all it's the nice viewers one, isn't who it? can't yeah. see and are listening to the podcast. 
absolutely one of our favourites, isn't he, Paddy Mills? He's an absolute uh, Aussie legend for what he's done with us, you know, on the Olympic sort of um, side of things. But just a little bit about more about his college career there. So he had a prolific two-year college career with St Mary's from 2008 to 2009. So he was a teammate with uh, Clint Steiner, who I mentioned in, in one of those or two of those years. Um, he was named to the All-West Coast Conference in both seasons. Um, and, of course, his jersey hangs in the rafters alongside Delhi there. Um, Look, we spoke about um, at the time, didn't we, Woody, um, when he sort of entered the draft, um, yep. we thought he probably should have gone back for his junior season. It was one of those years where there were a lot of point guards coming out of college, and that's probably why he slid to pick 55 in the second round. But, geez, 14 years later, he's still going pretty well. He's maybe not in the best situation at the moment with the Nets, but still a very handy player. Um, I'll ask you the same one again, Brian. I know you'll obviously be pretty familiar with um, with Paddy Mills' work. Yeah, you know, it, I think a lot of people think of Matthew Delvadova as kind of the the best Aussie Gale because he was there for four years. Mm-hmm. But I think people sometimes then forget just how great those two years, like you said, that Patty Mills had uh, as a freshman and a sophomore. I mean, to come into a Randy Bennett system and to do what he did right away, lead the team in scoring as a freshman, to get all those starts, uh, to be all WCC twice as an underclassman is certainly a huge accomplishment and to lead the Gales to the success that they had during those two years. Um, you know, they, there is, there's a darn good reason why his number is up there in the rafters after only being a two year Gale. We wish we could have seen him there for longer, but I think it's worked out for him pretty well. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Brian, I believe there's one other player that's got his number retired, right? I think it's a, a, an older sort of player that I wasn't familiar with. Is that right? Yeah. Tom, Tom Macheri, um was kind of our first big Gale to reach the NBA. That was back in the fifties, the 1950s. Wow. Um, his number is also retired uh, by the Warriors organization as well. Um, so he's he's a pretty well-known basketball player. He was, I think, a two-time All-American here at St. Mary's. Well, very impressive. And, of course, a big shout-out to Jock Landale. I know you're a big fan of his woods. He's probably the best of the guys we've talked about today that's playing in the NBA, having a really good season for the Suns there. So enjoying seeing that. So, all right, I appreciate that, Phil. Robbie, I think it's just yeah. worth mentioning as well. We knew about Paddy Mills, Brian, since he was coming up, you know, just a little kid, obviously um, an indigenous kid coming through the system. And we didn't get that much exposure to, to St. Mary's games and college basketball that much. But every single St. Mary's game was televised in Australia, right? And when Paddy was playing, and it really gave the, the public, um, you know, not only to watch him, but some exposure to, to the Gales. Well, they became great. everyone's favourite college team, didn't they? For sure. It was a mix of all the you know, popular teams in North Carolina and sure. Michigan's and that, but I think a lot of Aussies have adopted, you know, the Gales as, as yeah. their favourite college team, and they do pretty much show all their games on now. I watched the Gonzaga game a couple of days ago. Unfortunately, they went down in that game, but it was a, a pretty decent contest there. So, all right, well, good stuff, fellas. Well, let's get into it and have a bit of a chat about Brian. I've been looking forward to do this for a while. Um so, look, Brian, the first thing we do like to ask our guests when they came on, uh, when they come on, is just um, how your love of basketball became. And did you also um, play any other sports growing up? You know, basketball is really one of those sports that I never, never really fell in love with. I mean, as a kid growing up, it's just, it's never been my sport. I was always a baseball guy first and foremost. That's what I played growing up. Um, so football and baseball were kind of the two that I I wanted to follow and I wanted to work in um, post-college, but, you know, having the opportunity to come to St. Mary's uh, just three years after I graduated college and getting a chance to work with such a special basketball program like the Gales, you know, you fall in love with basketball pretty quickly when you're around a successful program like St. Mary's is. So, um, you know, I was definitely a late bloomer to the basketball game, no question about it. Um, but yeah, baseball, baseball was the first love growing up, played that all throughout high school, 
was recruited to play um, going into it. And uh, actually, when I first got the job here at St. Mary's, I still was working with the baseball team. I don't anymore, but I was at the time. And I know we did talk a little bit before we started recording, just so in case my ears weren't working properly then, you're a bit of a 10-pin bowler idea there, Brian. What is your all-time high score doing that? So my high game bowling is a 299. I've done that wow. one time. Uh, wow. For those who aren't familiar, 300 is a perfect mm. game. Um, I took it to the very last shot and I left <laughs> one pin. Um, so that that sucked. Um, but yeah, that was the other sport I did growing up. Uh, my parents wanted to give me something else to do that was a little bit athletic uh, in addition to baseball, but also wouldn't hurt my arm too much or my shoulder because I was a pitcher. Um, and so they got me into the underhand bowling motion because that's less strain on the arm. And uh, it's just something I've been doing ever since. What sort of, sort of scores are you getting normally? Are you getting close to that, that 290 region or a little bit less? My average sits around 215 to 220, which yep. is pretty high. Um, but mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I've only once ever really truly flirted with a 300 game before. So it's, it's tough to do. That's why it's taken me. I mean, I've been bowling for, for like almost 20 years now and I still haven't done it. So elusive hole in one in golf, right? Sort of that hole. Exactly. In sort of get to. We'll keep us posted. When you finally get that 300 game, man, let us know. 100%. It's, uh, Hopefully it's next week. <laughs> that's it. Well, that leads into my next question um, pretty nicely, Brian. I know, um, You've got interest in a lot of other sports. So why don't you tell us a little bit about not only your role within the Gales program, but um, what about the other different sports you cover there? Right. So uh, being an assistant AD for communications, I, I really I, I kind of lead our communications efforts across all of our sports. Yep. Uh, I work specifically with with four individual sports, basketball being the big one, um, but also indoor and beach volleyball and our softball team here at St. Mary's. Um, so kind of what I'm doing is I'm, I'm the one who's writing the stories. I'm putting out stuff on social media, managing um, any local and national media requests, which obviously we're, we're getting to March. Um, so that's it's getting quite busy for basketball. It doesn't quite happen as much on the same level for our other sports. Um, but those are kind of the big responsibilities. I and mean, I'm kind of like, in a lot of ways, the gatekeeper and the storyteller to what our student athletes have. And I love getting the opportunity to tell those stories because we have some really special ones. We have some special kids and they have some special stories. And sometimes they just don't have the channels and the avenues to get those out there in the open. So uh, I really enjoy being able to be the one who's, who's trusted a lot of times to tell those stories. How big are those other sports that you mentioned over there, Brian? Because obviously we hear all about the basketball, but you obviously mentioned the volleyball and everything else like that. How big are they over there? Are they sort of closely followed a lot as well? Uh, yeah, within the local area, for sure. Um, you know, our, our volleyball team uh, in 2018 made it to the NCAA tournament. Um, they have a history of going to that periodically. Um, our beach volleyball team has competed for conference championships on an annual basis. Um, you know, and other sports that I work with, too, or at, at the college. You know, as Robbie, as you know, I, I, I do some broadcasting like yourself. Um, and so, you know, I do I work with our soccer teams and and our, our men's soccer program has been to the NCAA tournament. I think two of the last five years, our golf team is usually in the NCAA tournament. Um, our baseball teams come within one out of winning a conference championship since I've been around. So, you know, we, we have a rich, uh, rich uh, tradition and history of sports at St. Mary's that goes beyond our basketball program, even though obviously that's the one that's going to get all the attention. 
No, I appreciate that. Well, look, on to the basketball program now. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. So I think the boys are currently currently sitting at 25 and 6. I think they're equal first in the conference with Gonzaga with a 14 and 2 record. Um, I think at the time of recording, they're ranked 15th in the nation. So great effort there. Um, how far can you see them going in this um, NCAA tournament, which is it's just around the corner? You know, this this team, I think, has a ceiling that that few St. Mary's teams have had before. Um you know, they just, they, they don't, yes, they have the tendency to go through droughts within a game where they can't score, but the ceiling for this team and when they're clicking and playing as well as they are, you know, they're a top five defensive team in the country. And when the offense is going with guys like Logan Johnson and Aiden Mahaney, a standout freshman like Patty was himself, um, you know, this team can do a lot of special things. We've seen him take down Gonzaga. We've seen them play the number one team in the country, Houston, to a five-point game. Um, You know, those are games that are going to test. Those are like NCAA tournament games that you play in the regular season. So they've been in this environment before, and now that they're going to the postseason, it's going to be a luck of a draw, obviously. I mean, they could come out and they could face a team that just has their number in round one. They could get bounced. Mm -hmm. But if this team plays to the level that they can play at, I can see them doing things that teams at St. Mary's just haven't done before. So they're going to have to play the games. They're going to have to win them. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a very special season here at St. Mary's. I appreciate that. When will they know their opponent for the for the upcoming games? When is that sort of all sorted out? So Selection Sunday is going to be on March 12th. Yeah. Um, we'll, have a, we'll have a watch party on campus. Um, so we'll know on the afternoon of March 12th where we're going. And then it'll be about two days later we'll fly out to – Wherever destination we're going, hopefully it's somewhere close. I know one of the regions is Sacramento, and that would just be an hour bus ride. So, mm. you know, we have a home court advantage if we were fortunate enough to play there. Uh, that would be at the Golden One Center where the Kings and Delhi play right now. So uh, that would be pretty special. But, yeah, we'll hop on a plane from there, and then it'll be tournament time. Good stuff. Well, look, I know a lot of our viewers will certainly know about that St. Mary's connection over the years, and we've talked about that a little bit already. Um, how much has that Aussie sort of culture influenced the team, especially with having such um, important seniors on the team in Alex Dukas and Kyle Bowen? Oh, it's a huge influence. And, you know, the guys that, that Coach Bennett brings over from Australia, you know, they're, they're not only good players, but they're just great people. Like, I, I, you know, I love being around Dukas. I love being around KB. Harry Wessels has fit right into the culture this year. And now that Rory Hawk has come over as a midseason addition, I know he's not going to play this year, but he's fit right in too. The guys that Coach Bennett brings into the program, they just all have a way. They buy into the system. They mesh well with the system. They mesh well with each other. And creating that special bond and that relationship with each other is really what helps get them through such a long season and usually ending it with a lot of success. And, and a large part of that are those Aussies that are on the team. And so it's it's going to be very tough to replace guys like Alex Dukas and Kyle Bowen at the end of this mm-hmm. year when when they most likely leave the program. But, uh, you, you know, somehow, some way, Randy's going to keep pumping them out. And I, I hope we still get some more coming from Australia down the line. Certainly hope so. And how have you seen the play, the play of those three guys there, Brian? So obviously Dukas and Bowen in their senior year there, so we hope they go up with a bang. But how have you seen freshman Harry uh, Wessels fitting in as well? You know, Harry Harry's just an intimidating dude when you see him on the floor, right? Mm. I mean, he's uh, there was one of our games we had earlier in the year. It was a non-conference game. I want to say it was against Southern University. And we uh, I overheard someone on the on the staff 
day when they saw him in the gym in warmups before the game, they go, man, I, I knew this guy was big on tape, but he is massive in person. Like he, when you see him for the first time, you fail to realize just how big he is. And when he's able to figure out how to play at the collegiate level, once, once the game kind of slows down a little bit for him and it starts to come to him, um, you know, that's when he's really going to take over and, and have a, a large and effective role on this team. Um, but, you know, Kyle Bowen, obviously just a, a tremendous defensive player, heart and soul of the team, no question about it. And Alex Dukas is arguably our best three-point shooter. And and you got to have those in the modern game to to win basketball games. So, um, you know, they all play an important role. And uh, it's it's been clicking pretty well this year. Robbie's already uh, trying to recruit those two uh, to come and play for his Wildcats, right, Robbie? So I so hopefully they finish off the season with a bang, get get far in the tournament, and then come back and play the NBA over the Wildcats. But that's right. Well, it's interesting you did mention Rory Hawk there, Brian. And I know he's not going to be playing this year, but um, our listeners and viewers would have got a sneak peek at him representing the Australian Boomers during the FIBA World Cup qualifiers. My question to you is, what kind of role do you see him having uh, on the roster next season? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to tell because, you know, aside from Patty and from Aiden and, and really from Delhi too, freshmen don't play a lot. They yep. they don't start a, a lot. Um, but Rory could right right away step in and be our three guy like Alex Dukas is right now. I mean, he might have to be next year. Um, I know they're really high on him. He's got a great shot. I've seen him practice, obviously, a number of times this year. Um, haven't seen him in game action, but with what I've seen in practice, um, you know, he's got a real confident shot. He's picked up the system really well. And I think being out here already in the States and in Randy Bennett's system for the couple months that he's going to have, it's going to put him in a situation where when he's on the team next year, yeah, he's going to be a freshman in terms of eligibility, but he's not going to be a freshman in terms of experience. And that's going to give him a huge leap forward when he finally makes his debut next year. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. He's a good size too, isn't he, uh, Rory Hawk there? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how he'll go next year. Um, one player I wanted to talk about you mentioned before is Aiden Mahaney there, Brian. So, really impressed me when I, I did that um, the game that we sort of met each other at when the, the mighty Hills Hornets um, went down just by a few points to, to the Gales there. But he was really impressive in that game. How impressive has he been this year to you? He's putting up some big numbers, right? He He's just been unreal. I mean, again, he's doing things that we haven't seen at St. Mary's since Patty Mills. And when you're putting him in that type of company, that's awfully special. You know, we've only we've only had one freshman lead the team in scoring, and that was Patty Mills. And mm. had it not been for Logan Johnson scoring, what, 28 points against Gonzaga on Saturday night, Aiden Mahaney would have been the team's leading scorer at the end of the regular season. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking special stuff. The dude... The dude has the confidence of a senior. He's got the maturity of a senior. Um, one thing that St. Mary's has kind of lacked a little bit the last couple of years is they haven't had somebody who's wanted to take the big shot when the game is on the line. Aiden Mahaney wants to be the one who has the ball in his hands. And that's why you see him hit game-winning shots against BYU, and he's leading the comeback against Gonzaga when we play him at home. He's got a knack for those moments of the ball game, and – He's just he's he's a type of player that doesn't come around very often. St. Mary's is very, very lucky to have him. Was he a highly recruited player coming out of high school there? He wasn't as highly recruited as he as he should have been, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um he spent a good amount of his senior year a little banged up. He was playing through injuries, so that kind of lowered his stock a little bit. 
And I think all along, I mean, he is kind of a homebody. He's wanted to stay close to home. I mean, he's from Lafayette, so he's basically a hometown kid for us. He grew up same high school and same class as Randy Bennett's kid, Cade. So, you know, Aiden's been playing with his, with Randy Bennett's children for, you know, 10 years now. Um, And so there really just wasn't much of a reason for him to leave. He knew he was coming to a good program. He knew he was going to get some playing time and the results are clearly paying off. Thanks, Brian. You you mentioned Logan Johnson, you know, um, being the leading scorer, the other star on the team. Now he's had a fantastic career for St. Mary's and he has all the tools which will translate to the pros. Do you see an NBA future there for him? The one thing that's going to define his NBA future is his ability to shoot the basketball a little bit better. He's never been a great pure shooter for a guard. He's always been one who can really drive to the rim well. He can play great defense. He can make plays for other people. That's the one side of his game that will need to be worked on. And I think that's why he came back here for year number five. I think he wanted to have the opportunity to refine his game a little bit more to get ready for that next step. And I think, especially with the way he's finished the season, um, he certainly is turning heads and he's certainly impressing. You know, I mean, he's got the NBA gene in his family, right? His brother Tyler was out there playing now with Brisbane. So, you know, there's there is that possibility that he gets to that level. But one thing I know for sure is his basketball career is not going to be done when this season comes to a close. And Tyler did have a fantastic season this year for, for Brisbane. And if, even if not the NBA, I'm sure Europe, other 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 places overseas will will, will call his number, right? Maybe he can come yeah. to the Wildcats as well, Woods. We'll get the, the three of them over there, right? Hey, maybe. Why not? Just keep that St. Mary's connection flowing That's down it. there. No, but, you know, I mean, he, he's got enough other things in his game too, right? Even if he's not the greatest shooter in the world, yep. he has enough other traits that are going to translate to the professional level. So no question about it. He's going to keep playing for a long time. Terrific. Now that's, that's great to hear. I guess one more guy I wanted to ask you about. I mean, growing up, um, we talk about European players coming over and, and making a name for themselves in the NBA. Robbie and me, are, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, four, I'm nearly 40. Robbie's in his mid forties. And Saranis Marshallonis is someone that we really looked up to. And um, his son, Augustus Marshallonis, who is, is on the team at the moment. Have you seen his play? How have you seen his play in the second season, season of college? He's really taken a big leap forward this year, I think. And yep. to the point where I'm not, this is going to be really weird to say because Logan Johnson is so special to this program and you, you can't replace a player like Logan. I know that. But when Goose steps in next year and he's going to be in that Logan Johnson spot, it's not yep. going to be as big of a step down as some people might think the way he's been able to sit back and learn from Logan over the course of his two years in this program so far, it's been great. And he's really, he's kind of become a little bit of a mini Logan Johnson. He's become a better and more physical defender this year. He's worked on his ability to drive to the rim and he's becoming a better shooter, which is something that he struggled with as a freshman. So, you know, if we're looking at the Gales prospects for next season, you're going, well, how are you going to replace Logan Johnson? Augustus Marshallonis is going to be right there, and I think he's going to be ready for it. I mean, he's he's already started as a freshman. He's been in the system for two years. He's been in the NCAA tournament. He's ready for the spotlight, and I'm excited to see him continue to grow. Bit of NBA pedigree on that roster, right? But... 100%, and, and that helps him, right? I mean, he's yeah. been around this his, really his entire life. 
So this these kind of moments aren't going to phase him. And so if the Gales need to lean on him, whether it be in the WCC tournament or the NCAA tournament, he's not going to back down for the moment. Awesome. One thing I wanted to ask you, Brian, just from literally looking at the team photo about an hour ago there, we mentioned how big um, freshman Harry Wessels is. There's a guy in that photo that's towering over him, right? I believe he was a red shirt this year. Um, get his name now out of Utah, I believe. What can you tell me about that giant on the team? Matt Van Komen is, yeah, he's one of the tallest people that you're ever going to be. Seven foot four, so he wow. is massively tall. Um he just, you know, unfortunately had a foot injury a couple years ago and just he hasn't been able to fully recover from it. Um, you know, I only got to see him one of my first years on campus. It was actually during the COVID year when he transferred to St. Mary's and he played in the backup role. He was sitting behind Matthias Toss and and at the time Mitchell Saxon. So, um, you know, just unfortunately the injury bug caught him and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if, if he had been able to stay healthy, man, it, it'd be a lot of fun to see him out there because you get a guy 7'4", out on the basketball floor, I mean, you don't even have to jump. You literally just got to hook your arm like this and you're putting it in the rim. It's amazing. I mean, the photo I'm looking at, he's towering over Harry Wessels there. So, yeah, certainly a big boy. But I uh, just wanted to quickly also ask you about um, Coach Randy Bennett there, Brian. So you mentioned, obviously, you know, earlier on the show that it was really great um, meeting him when you guys were out here last year. Um, seems to be quite a down-to-earth guy, and his love for Aussies was, was definitely evident when I met him there. Um, what is he like to, to be around there? Randy Bennett is as old school as it gets. There is no question about that. You think of old school basketball coaches, old school basketball minds, and that's Randy Bennett to a T. Mm-hmm. But he knows what works, and he's able to he's able to to get the kids to buy into his system, to buy into the St. Mary's program, to buy into the St. Mary's culture, and it, it it's just it works. You know, I mean, it, it's it's different than what you'll see from a lot of a lot of other top tier programs, but he's able to to keep St. Mary's winning with less resources. And it's been, it's been so incredibly special to watch. I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to obviously be a part of it because he creates that, that special family type atmosphere um, that, that I personally love being a part of as an employee of St. Mary's. And I'm glad that I get to ex- experience that uh, with the basketball team as well. And, and the guys certainly buy into it. And I do too, 100%. Stuff. Yeah, well, I, I get that vibe. You know, St. Mary's is family. You spend so much time um, around the guys and, and on campus. Um, we did speak offline, and I, I asked you, um, are you a fan of the NBA? Why don't you speak a little bit about that? And, and what are your interests when you get away from it all? What do you do in your spare time, Brian? Yeah, I'm not a fan of the NBA at all. Like, I'm actually, I'm glad that I've been able to contribute as much as I have to this show when we've talked about the NBA, because I don't follow it at all. Like, it's just crazy that I remember watching Delhi in the 2016 finals. Like, I just happened to be watching it. I don't watch the NBA finals. I don't watch the NBA at all, really. Um, the college game is enough for me. Like, that's yeah. that's where I get my fix of basketball. And I, I kind of, it's funny, like, I work at a college and I don't, like, I don't watch college football. I don't watch college basketball, for the most part, aside from St. Mary's. Like, I stick to pro sports outside of basketball. Um but like, yeah, I mean, I, I live and breathe sports. So what I'm doing in my free time when I come home, like I'm turning on a baseball game, turning on football. I love hockey. So I watch a lot of hockey as well. Um, and that's that's kind of it. Like you, awesome. you, when you work in sports, you kind of live, live it and breathe it. And that's that is who I am to a T. So um, if I'm not if I'm not working a game, I'm probably watching a game and I'm just fine with that. Or you're bowling two ninety nine in a in a bowling game as well. And I'm bowling at two ninety nine, exactly. So you know what? <laughs> I, I can't complain too much. 
Nice. I wanted to sort of just as we're finishing it off there, Brian. Um, I know obviously you guys came um, to Australia last year for the tour. I believe you were in Sydney, uh, Melbourne, and Perth. I think if I'm not mistaken there. So, um, yeah, obviously it was a tour in which St Mary's has dominated the competition. They they beat all the NBL teams. Um, certainly took care of uh, the NBL one teams they played there. But just wanted to see what that experience was like for you, and um, what were your thoughts on a land down under? Oh man, the the experience was awesome. I, like I told you guys. Uh... Robbie, when I met you in person and Woody on here beforehand, like I'd never left the United States before that trip. So first of all, just getting a chance to be included on that trip was something that I'll never forget. And, and being able to go to Australia, a place that is now like, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Like I would go back in a heartbeat. It was that much fun. Um, you know, so many, it, it felt in a lot of ways like it, like it was back home for me. Like I was drawing comparisons, American cities versus the Australian cities that we visited. Um, we caught it at a perfect time weather-wise. I know it was winter for, or it was summer. Uh, wait, no, it was winter for you guys out there. It was summer for us, winter for you guys. But I mean, when we got out there, it was like, I don't know what the conversion is, but it was like 72 degrees Fahrenheit in Sydney, our first day there. That's like one of the nicest days you're going to get in San Francisco out here. So, you know, I mean, it, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, we got to, we got to play some great basketball games against, you know, some of the best teams in Australia, uh, St. Mary's obviously went six and oh on the tour. So that was, that was yep. also pretty special. They'd never gone unbeaten on the foreign tour before. Um, and just, you know, getting to sightsee and actually feel like you were a tourist like that, that to me was the coolest part because yeah, you're going out here to play basketball and you're going out here to get better as a team. But it also felt like that wasn't the most important part of the trip. It felt like the most important part was the experiences that we were there for. And so I'm glad I got to play tourist a little bit, get to do some things. You know, we got we got to see an AFL game. I'm a big Fremantle Dockers fan now. They won the game we went to. Um so I got my my forever Frio beanie and t-shirt. I'm I'm all in on the Dockers. Um it was just it was a really special time and I can't wait to go back. Robbie Did you understand like what that? was going on? Yeah I'm a big <laughs> football fan. Could you understand what was going on in that game? Or? Uh, I did my research beforehand because I yeah. wanted to know what was going on. So I hmm. think by the end of it, I was able to figure it out. Um, it, I would take me a while. Like I'd have to brush back up on it again before I start watching. You know, it's it's tough for me over here in America to tune into some of those games when they're happening overnight for me. Um, but it, it was it was definitely really fun. A great atmosphere. The fans nice there stadium, were awesome. Isn't it where they play? Really nice. Oh, the, the stadium was beautiful. I mean, yeah. it, it was – I unlike a lot of stadiums I've seen out here in America. So um, just a, just a beautiful place to watch a game and, and Fremantle won the game too. So I was all for it. Good stuff. I tell you what, it's not inconceivable, obviously in, in your line of work that you're going to make another trip down under, right? And, well, and when yeah, you I do. Mean, yeah. If I'm at St. Mary's long enough within another four years, we're coming yeah. back. So, you know, <laughs> I, I sign me up for that trip again, baby. So at, at, at that point, we'll we'll arrange a night out, and maybe maybe I'll take Brian out for a big night out with me. Do you think that's that he'll he'll be safe, Robbie? I can bring no, him. I out. don't think he'll be safe, but yeah, I'm sure you'll <laughs> show him all the sights. You've got to be careful when you go out with Woody, though. That's for sure. <laughs> as long as he doesn't. If we have a good time, that's what I'm here for. Awesome, man. We'd love Definitely to take you out for a beer. Yeah. 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 
Uh, look, really appreciate it, Brian. And yeah, look, we'd obviously love to have you again when you guys come out and everything else like that. And if I ever managed to make it to America, I've um, I've been a few times. I've never seen a college game. I've never seen an NBA game. So it's kind of my um, my sort of grail of the thing I want to do. So I'd love to sort of catch up if we end up doing that. But yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, take us to the outro, I guess, now, Woods. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, just wanted to thanks everyone for thank everyone for tuning in. Um, please make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Download the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. Um, just a reminder, we can be followed on Twitter at throwbackshoops or on Instagram at throwback.hoops and our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, why don't you uh, give your stuff, Woods, and then we'll sort of throw to Brian at the end. Yeah, Patreon. Thank you, everyone who pledges their support. We really appreciate it. Um, and then, you know, all the outpouring of support and people that download and listen to our show, we can't thank you enough. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, well, Brian, we always like to sort of throw it back to the guests when we have them on there. Um, where can people sort of follow or listen to your stuff? Yeah, so you can find me on social media. Uh, it's a bit of a unique handle, but I'm at smoothbutter95. There is a good story behind that. But uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram on, on at smoothbutter95. Of course, you can keep up with all things St. Mary's Athletics at smcgales.com. And our men's basketball team on social media is at St. Mary's Hoops. Uh, we're getting into tournament time. March Madness is coming up, so it certainly is going to be a fun time. Lots of work to be done, but uh, hopefully a nice deep run coming up for the Gales. I wouldn't be a good host without going back to you. What's the what's the meaning of the Twitter handle there? So, so it was an old broadcasting nickname given to me when I was in college. Uh, during my summer internship, I was doing baseball games, and one of my classmates uh, said, "Hey, you know what, man? You got a, You got a good broadcasting voice. It's like." It's like smooth butter. One of these days when you're when you set up a broadcast and you get on the air, you got to call yourself Brian Smooth Butter Brownfield. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm going to be professional. Come on, I'm not going to do that. Well, sure enough, one day he was in the press box next to me as I was going on the air. So I looked over at him and I pulled out my phone and I started recording it. And I was like, greetings and salutations, everybody. This is Brian Smooth Butter Brownfield here. And it just kind of stuck from there. So um i i decided to make that all my twitter handles my my instagram handles and uh it's just it's it's kind of an inside joke but some people know it and so those that do they they like to call me out on it good stuff no just look really wanted to thank you again obviously wanted to wish you know yourself and the team all the best for the rest of the season we'll certainly be you know tuning into all those games and hoping for a deep run in the ncaa tournament there but yeah we can't thank you enough we know it's obviously pretty late over there but just yeah, really wanted to thank you for your time. And look, we'd love to have you on at a, at a later time as well. Um, sort of keep that friendship going and have you again on the podcast. But yeah, just wanted to thank you again. It's a big piece out from the Throwback Hoops crew. Of course, Peace. guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, come on out to St. Mary's. We'll get you set up at a game. Sounds good. Appreciate it, mate. Peace out, guys. <laughs>